0: Nail nail. Nail nail. Nail nail. Nail, 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 nail,
1: nail, 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 Hi, I'm Steve Archibald. You're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner, all conquering
0: East Fife. I made my way to that on Wells Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait Broken dreams i what might have beat at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days of gold
2: might return once more. Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis.
3: I'm Doug Perry.
2: I'm Gordon Henderson. And we're back for another packed show of fun football chat. I'm the liveliest of the four. The other three are nursing hangovers. I've had my oat milk cappuccino though, so I'm like buzzing this morning. No cruffing fingers this week. I do have a jam donut fingers though. Perfect. Moving quickly on from that. We couldn't do this show without you, the listeners. And we can't do this show without our sponsors either. Let's hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor
4: Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise
2: in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. Thanks as always to East 5 Community Football Club and John W Gilbertson, solicitors from Glenrothes, for their continued support of the podcast. We really appreciate it. And what a show we've got for you this week. We're getting closer. Slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. I think I will call this episode six points now between us and Dumbarton. Huge game looming next Saturday. I might even get up at 7am and buy the stream that's how big the game is.
1: I'm actually wondering like if this genuinely is one of our biggest games in a, in a number of years, but probably since the promotion where with Gary Maysmith, you know, scouring the title at Clyde. So big big one next week. Obviously, good to see that the, the teams around us lost some points. So next Saturday is a big one as, as any that we've we've had to to look forward to. I'll actually get to the game next week. I've had prior engagements the last two, so I didn't watch the the game yesterday. You might be able to tell from my dulcet tones that I've got a major hangover. Um, And next Saturday might even be a game that I I participate in a few beverages before the game as well. It's been a long time since I've done that.
2: Well, our other two co-hosts were at the game yesterday. They had a bit of a sesh themselves, by all accounts. Can you remember the game yesterday, either of you?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, th- thankfully. <laughs> Gordon's you know, staying
2: very quiet on this so yeah. far.
3: <laughs> thankfully, I wouldn't say there was that much to report. So it's, uh, it's def- they've helped us massively, for sure.
1: I've got a
2: whole the page f- of Did notes. the
3: football get in the way of a good day out? <laughs> it usually does, Actually, to be fair. I, 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 was, I, I was moaning about the sun. The sun annoyed me. You know, I mean, it's better than being bit pissing down the rain, but. The sun was annoying, right in the eyes. But apart from that, the football did get in the way a wee bit.
2: Yeah. Spoken like a true miserable Scot. <laughs> I
3: know. It's because I'm hungover. I'm struggling.
2: I'm struggling. Gordon, I believe you nearly fell down some stairs. Uh, did I? Is that me?
0: No, we were um, joking I, last. I, we I, joked last oh, week right. you were going to do
2: that. I would say the fact that you're like, what was that me? So did somebody fall down some stairs? <laughs>
4: It just—I mean, somebody certainly could have. I don't remember being quite that bad.
2: Let's just move on. Let's just talk about the game. We'll get to the big game that's coming up after we delve into this one. So a nil-nil draw. I can't tell you how enthusiastic and excited I am for doing this show. Having just done another show last night for the Whitecaps nil-nil game. Two nil nil draws. I've got to talk about over a weekend. I don't know. I think this is making me kind of review my life choices. I, I've got to say, I watched the highlights this morning, and it seemed like uh, an entertaining first half. At least there was lots of action in it. Second half seemed to not not be be very much in it at all. But in normal circumstances. Stevie Crawford said, "You would come away from an appointment Montrose and you'd think it was a, a good point, and it and it is. But these aren't normal circumstances. We are fighting for our our survival. Lee. Sometimes a point isn't enough, but it's it's kept us in it, which is the main
1: thing. Yeah, I mean." Uh- I think that getting a point is better than none and going up to Link's par- uh, parking and getting a point is brilliant. It's not something that we're massively used to, certainly in, in recent years. Um, so after the, the Falkirk game, which by all accounts was another robbery through there, to, to get any points on the board this week was probably a, a good result. Um, but it means that next week, as, as, like I've said already, is is absolutely massive. And anything less than than three points next week is game over, and I'm sure that that Crawford's team talk at, at full time yesterday would have been exactly that. So, if I mean if we get that win against Dunbar, and I think it was um, Doug a few weeks ago that said if we win that game, we'll stay up. I actually kind of believe that um, he's have finally won me round. As if if we if we could beat them next week, then I think that we'll we'll maybe not stay up, but we'll definitely not finish bottom.
2: Yeah. So, so, Doug, how would you sum up yesterday's performance at Montrose?
3: Um, probably dogged, I would say. I mean, I think we were, yeah, just stuck in and and got a result. I mean, I think it probably just shows how far we've come in the last few weeks that we even got a point up there. Well, one yeah. loss in
2: six now is is what it is. And even that yeah. loss was was a tough one.
3: But I think even like Dunlop going off injured early was a blow. Um, I suppose the only the only criticism I really have, is I, I think we did resort going a little long, a wee bit too often. Um, and we certainly didn't take advantage of having an extra man mm. um, in the second half. They were very good the last 10, 15 minutes. But again, we, we hung in and, and got something that we, as I say, we wouldn't have got a few weeks ago. Gordon,
2: the first half, like watching the highlights back, it seemed to go that Montrose came out strong, they had the best of the early going, then we really came into the game, we forced a number of, of chances. I, I don't know if I would say good opportunities or if they were half chances, and then towards the end of the half, Montrose got back into it, but it was some really positive stuff and some attack and play by us in that first half.
4: Yeah, watching the highlights back, um, we like, put together some moves and played a bit of football that was better than I kind of remembered in the game. Um, I feel like the first half, you know, like, the sort of balance of play seemed fairly even right through it. Certainly Montrose had a couple of really good chances early on. I mean, even in the first minute, they, you know, they will look at it and think they, they probably should have scored that chance they created. Um
2: yeah, losing yeah, another we first was... minute
4: goal as well would have been a, a mm. right kicking the stains. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think was that the one where they hit the uh, hit the hit the bar or the joint or something like that as well. Yeah, they crashed no, off we, the I mean, post we, we... nine minutes in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it was that Healy sort of created a chance for. For Connell, that was a good one. We had another couple ones. Maybe not any that were really clear cut. Not any that you're like, I know that's a, you absolutely should should be burying that. But I felt like that was the kind of the game overall a little bit. Not many, not I many really good chances, and it was. It felt quite even all the way through, really. Mm.
2: Now, Gord mentioned Healy there, Lee, and that was the the big change in the starting lineup. Jack Healy came in got his first start a lot of fans had been calling for that for the last few weeks kind of force because Darren Watson seems to be out with a broken bone in his foot by all accounts and I've seen various reports for, from different people that say it could be he might be out for the season 12 weeks they're kind of talking about which would would keep him out for the, the rest of the year so it's a chance for Healy to shine great that, that he got that opportunity and he he took it Pretty well as well Especially in the first half He was involved In a lot of the action A lot of the stuff That was going on Was going through him He He was working Pretty well Out wide And It's a small sample size So far But I I liked What I saw from him
1: Yeah I mean he's shown flashes of Sort of skill And and pace When he's come on I've said before That I I think we're still To see that That end product Obviously I wasn't there yesterday So I'm not going to comment Too much on that But Ultimately, if he starts getting that sort of killer instinct, or or we see that killer instinct, because I mean you he, he, he don't score the amount of goals that he did, he's still and about about having that. So, um, hopefully that maybe he's going to get a run in the team now. If if Watson going to be out, we'll we'll get a bit of continuity. Um, I think that I don't think Watson's is a massive miss. Um, so obviously I would much rather see you as our own talent. But can somebody answer why the boy Finlay Pollock wasn't there yesterday?
2: Hurt his ankle in training, apparently. So, that's not a great start. We, we seem to... Our loan signings haven't done exceedingly well right off the, the gate for us. There's been a few injuries here and there. But yeah, Finley Pollock, looks like he hurt his ankle. He is, is expected, I believe, to be back for next Saturday's game. So, we'll probably get our first look at him there. Whether he'll start, though, or whether they'll use him off the bench, I I, I don't know. But I mean, we spoke about... That signing last week, Doug, and it's now official. He looks like he could be an exciting prospect, but again, you're throwing a really young lad into what's going to be a dogfight.
3: Yeah, it'll be a big call to start him next week. Um, But, look, I've no idea. um, We we get loads of kids from Premier League clubs. Some are terrible, some are decent. You know, Um, every, I think, I take a wee bit of pinch of salt with what Hearts fans say, because I think every teams, you know, fans seem to think that their kids are the be-all and end-all and they'll piss it in the Seaside League sort of thing So, without knowing what sort of standard it is. So, uh, yeah, attacking the field, I guess it's certainly a position we're lacking. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Hopefully hopefully, he's good. Um, and there's some excellent rhyming slang with his name, so it's good.
2: Yeah, the headlines write themselves as we were joking about in our chat during the week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to some of those. Now, the, the first half, we, we did have some chances, Gordon, as you mentioned. We responded well to Moe's early pressure. Connell fired wide. There was a scramble in the box. Wallace had a shot. Healy had sent a good cross and I don't know who it was that, that hit a shot just wide, but it was a good spell of pressure. But then we allowed Montrose to get back into the game. Smith had a good save from Ballantyne. Then Simpson had a, a couple of chances in the, the last couple of minutes of the half. So, we finished both halves kind of hanging on a little bit, which is a little bit of a worry for me. We need to be switched on for the full 45.
4: Yeah, end of both halves. We were kind of hanging on a wee bit and you were um, sort of that thing where you were, you couldn't really wait to hear the whistle, especially the second half, because there was a lot of pressure and you did feel like, you know, you could just see it happening, that they might score. Um but obviously, I mean, they went down to 10 men and you thought to yourself, oh, here's a wee chance for us to impose ourselves, and it didn't really happen. Um, but I think w- one of the things about Montrose, you look at them, it's high tempo all the way through. Yeah. And they're a really physical, fit side. They play a really kind of high-tempo football, and they're I think they're very tough to live with. Um, and the fact that we did that yesterday um, and kind of came through it is a real positive. So I'm not surprised that you know maybe we were a little bit flagging at the end even though we did have the the man advantage but we got through it so good good attitude on display I'd say we've criticized that or questioned that enough times this season but I think you really saw that yesterday.
2: I mean Lee talking about being tough to live with obviously you live with Rachel so it's yeah very very tough for her. The, the post-match interview from Stevie Crawford he kind of spent the first minute or so, it felt, just bigging up Montrose and how good they were. It was it was quite weird.
1: It was Stevie Crawford's homage to lower league football. She's like, oh, I love you, Stuart Beatry. Yeah. You're amazing. Um, yeah, there was definitely a little bit about that. But, look, um, they're a good side. And they're, they're yeah. probably, if there's any team in the... The division that you would probably want to emulate is them, right? You know, the similar size club to us, similar sort of budget. You know, but I think we've all spoke about our, our admiration for them and their, their setup before. So, nah, I, I totally get that. But again, Crawford's post-match interview was was bang on. I, I think he's he's always super honest. So,
2: yeah, it's quite refreshing not to just get excuses because it's like I've talked to so many managers over the years that it's like absolute bullshit that they're coming out with and the fans know it and it's like don't don't cover up what has been blatantly obvious for folk to see and I have liked yeah. that Crawford he's been very honest in all his interviews and like this one again he spoke about like after well let's get to the sending off quickly anyone not feel it was a sending off
1: I did not because Crawford could see it go
2: both ways, and when I first saw it, I thought straight red. And then I watched it again. I was like, "Oh, you know what?" Because I I just saw initially the foot being high, and I thought, "Oh, there, yeah, that's a straight red. He's gone right through him." But then you see it again. It's like, "Oh, well, he hasn't really."
1: That goes against us, and I'm really peeved. Yeah, I'm really, I'm I'm not happy if that goes against us for a red card for that. I mean, we've had those decisions against us. I think more disappointingly than me is we, we didn't capitalise on that. Like but I don't think that we're really capable of putting teams to the sword, like in those sort of moments. Um even against Dallowa when they went um down, I don't think it really made that much of a difference. Like we didn't change or, or change the tempo or dictate the play in, in no, any way. No, we kind of sat back we
2: and pushed yeah. we tried to hit in the counter then.
1: Yeah, so it was I mean, it worked with with Adam oh, yeah. Watson for the, the fourth goal, but Ultimately, I think that we really lack that. And again, yesterday just shows that we really lack firepower up front because the amount of chances that were created by all accounts, you know, I don't think there was any of the massively clear cut, like we didn't miss a sitter, but I think we really have missed that that cutting edge up top.
2: Doug, was that a sending off for you?
3: Uh, I think probably letter of the law. Technically, yeah, it probably is. I think I think he's quite unlucky. It's a going for the ball, he's missed it, caught the man. I think I think it would be one you'd be a bit annoyed at, but you can see why he's been sent off. His foot's high, and he's you know got the man. So um, I totally agree with Lee uh, in terms of up front. I think Connell's worrying me in many ways. He's missing a lot, a lot of chances. And just not not hitting the target, like took far too many shots over the bar mm. um, from him, which is is a definite worry. Um, I think I think with the sending off, where we, where I was saying at the fall, after the Folker game that we were extremely brave on the ball against Folker, I didn't think we were yesterday. I think there was there was quite a few times that we just we did just seem to resort to going a little long, and when you've got guy like Dylan at the back mopped up. Everything. Absolutely everything. So that was a wee bit disappointing, to be totally honest. But, but again, it's not a bad point.
2: No. I mean, Gordon Crawford said after the game that he felt the sending off, it kind of lit a fire under Montrose more than it did for, for East Fife. I don't know if there's maybe a little bit of nerviness creeping in, because it's like, well, we, we've got a point just now, if we push too much and then we end up losing a goal... We've lost a goal to ten men, and then it's a point that could be vital for us. I, I don't know if they kind of went into their shell a little bit after that.
4: Yeah, I was thinking about that because, you know, in that situation, you might think to yourself, "Oh, well, it's good they've got a man sent off because you know we're, we're we're getting a point as it stands. It's a tough game. Maybe there's just that thing in the back of your head that goes, oh, 'Oh, I'll be happy with a point, and this kind of this kind of cements it that like, we didn't. I mean, it's easy to say, like, once a team goes down to 10 men, you know, you've got to impose yourself on them and create chances and kind of all the rest of it. Um, I mean, it, it probably wasn't a case of not wanting to do it, but we just we just couldn't really do it. I think as the second half went on, I mean, one thing I thought was we were really struggling to to keep the ball up top. Um, you know, yeah, when we were playing long balls, that's just, you know, playing into their hands, but, even when we are playing the ball on the deck, it just wasn't sticking. Um, we just weren't, you know, we weren't putting together strings of passes in their half to be able to put them under pressure, and we, we just kept on really not being able to do that. I think when the when they got the man sent off, and it did seem to, you know, you see you see it loads of times, it did seem to kind of almost spur them on a little bit. I think by the end, because they, um, you know, they're they were they're a little bit. Out and a little bit off the cove, but I think yesterday it probably was one of those ones where, because they didn't win yesterday, I think you know it was a slim chance, but that's it for them. They can't win the league. They're pretty safe in the playoffs, yeah. say But the, I mean, I think they really thought yesterday was a must-win. You know, if they've if they've got any chance to win the league, must-win. And I think you saw that where the way they went after the win at the end of the game. And I think we just thought, all right, I will just hang on here.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you go down a man, it, it does like give the, the team that's gone down a man a, a, a big spark. I was at a cup game here on Friday night and a, it was a bizarre period of extra or stoppage time. One of the teams got two players sent off because they just lost the plot. And then the nine men went and scored an equaliser in the 97th minute and then they got humped in extra time. But it's like it, it does give you a, a, sometimes that little bit of fire. But I think Crawford's big criticism, Lee, afterwards was we didn't use that extra man. He said the overloads weren't there on the wings. And I think even in whether it was through the middle or on the wings, that's where you've got to try and use that extra man. And we've been poor at that all year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't tend to like... I'll probably say this and then somebody will send me like 10 clips of it but like, we don't tend to like use the, the channels that well like as in like getting balls into the box from crosses and scoring from that but we don't equally have an awful lot of height in our team to, to really take advantage of those sort of situations so it's quite difficult I think that that's where Healy if he gets a run in the team could really use his pace because I think that if I would actually quite like to see Healy play for the middle and not on the wing um, because look I mean Wallace isn't banging in loads of goals. Um, no, he was poor yesterday
2: Red. by all accounts. I, I, we were talking him up last week's show. It's like, is the old yeah. Wallace back? Maybe not.
1: Yeah. yeah but it, apparently he's carrying a knock. Mm.
0: There's
1: a few of our players carrying knocks. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris Higgins, Wallace, Connell's playing injured. Um, so I think there's a few of them are, are really sort of gritting their teeth and playing through the pain barrier for them. But Which, by the way, like at times we can be quite critical on the show and one thing I do want to actually come out and say is, is that the players just now deserve a lot of credit because you can't fault the attitude, application, desire for at least the last seven, eight weeks the, the, there has been that sort of never-say-die attitude, which is what we've wanted all along I just think that it's maybe come a wee bit too late, but time, time will tell hopefully we could we could t- turn it around but back to my other point, I, I would play Jack Healy through the middle he um, doesn't have an awful lot of pace, but if we can get that ball over the top against Dumbarton next week, which is going to be difficult because obviously they've got McGeever and Buchanan at the back, right? But we get the ball over the, the top of that, Healy will destroy them for pace. He will absolutely destroy them. So hopefully that's maybe something that we could utilise for that game. But where Watson being out, I mean, I think next week you're probably looking at Healy and Denham on the wings. But I thought, although I did see on Twitter today that Denham's
2: injured as well, so yeah, we seem certainly seem banged up at the moment. And Crawford mentioned that Chris Higgins had a, a groin issue and played through the whole second half with it, which is like testament to how much he wants this. It's like he to go out there and and do that and put in the shift that he put in as well. I agree. He's really. going to be running
1: away with our Player of the Year.
2: I surely. I think he must be right up there. No, no, no,
4: no. And he's. Um... He, he is right up there I think he's second or third There's someone else Who's a quite clear In Good the first left. place at the Aaron Steele no. Steele Yeah Because
2: yeah. he's going to get More points from yesterday I would think as well So well,
1: He's on the bench was that, yesterday
4: Wasn't he It was that a big part I came on early. They, and nobody was playing well Apart from Steele So he was just getting points Every single week Ah I would explain a lot
2: See that The, the eye test If you, if you think back oh, Who's been your big Standout guy for the season like, if you weren't doing it as a 3-2-1, you're doing your votes, you'd probably v- be voting for Chris Higgins.
1: Probably, yeah. Interesting.
2: I mean, at the end of the game, we touched on it, we're kind of hanging on a little bit. They were the better side after the sending off, which is disappointing. The The last kind of real chance at the game, I've watched it a couple of times, the ball that comes in and Smith's kind of diving across his goal, did he touch it? Was it a save? I can't work out if he actually connected with it or not.
4: I, I I couldn't really tell from the highlights it it looked to me more more that his reaction it it did look like he got a little touch on it but I'm not hope really did, sure because it was, otherwise
2: that was like a bizarre play.
4: Yeah. I'm not I mean it's difficult to tell because I suppose um well, where we were standing you couldn't really tell and from even the the camera angle but I mean there's a possibility it was it was it was potentially sneaking in at the, the mm. back post and he did really really you know try and make sure he got that touch on it. It would be interesting to see another angle if it was potentially creeping in or not and whether if he, did he got a sense.
2: finger on it that yeah that could yeah. be a a the difference between 10th and 9th for us in the grand scheme of things because this point could still prove to be massive. I mean, we came out of this, I had a quick look at, at the stats, which always, it's like, taking them with a bit of a pinch of salt because I don't know how accurate stats are for Scottish League 1, but Montrose's possession was 2-1. to one. It was like 64-36 to 36 in their favour. They had 12 shots to out 8, but both of us only had two shots on target, so a lot of wasted opportunities as we were talking about there. But the important thing out of this is it's a point gained... On the teams above us. Because the other results went our way. This could have been a horrible weekend. If we'd come away with nothing. And Dumbarton had come away with a win. And then next week's not as massive. Overall. I, I like the positive stuff. That we saw in the first half. In terms of how we played attacking. Keeping another clean sheet as well. It is fantastic. I know I kind of was half joking. In a previous show when I said. If we keep a clean sheet we at least get a point. It is true. If we could keep clean sheets to the end of the season, we've got another eight points coming our way. Um, obviously, you want more than that next week. But what What about your three, two, ones for yesterday? If you can kind of remember it. Lee's obviously out, and I'm obviously out. So we're relying on the, the two guys that uh, in- intensely watched the game and took notes.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, Chris Higgins, three for me. Just very solid. Won everything in the air. Um yeah, basically very solid. Uh two, I'm actually gonna give to Iron Steel, came on in his more natural position. Came on pretty early, um, for Dunlop and same sort of thing, just sort of dealt with everything that was that was coming his way. And one, I think I'll probably give one to Jude Smith. You know, clean sheet, made a couple of decent saves. Um yeah.
1: Did he have his, his more recent token like horror brain fart moment yesterday, Smith? No, I don't think so. I think
3: of, no. I, th- I no. thought he was... I don't think... I mean, he didn't have tons to do. They just had a lot of the ball. I mean, very quickly, going back to your uh, stats thing, I, I think the bottom line is that Montrose are a far, far better football team than us. Yeah. yeah like, they really are. You know, So, uh, that's why it was... A
4: very good point in the end yesterday, Gordon. My three, two, ones are exactly the same. Higgins three, Steel two, Smith one. Yep, Higgins was excellent all game. Um, Steele obviously came on after thirty minutes for Dunlop, um, but he was excellent for the hour he was on. It was a tough, tough afternoon. Yeah, uh, Angus was raving about defense.
2: him in the in the commentary. I- mm. And afterwards as well is the performance that he put and he seemed to win a lot uh, of headers which was key for us but
4: yeah but, um, yeah I mean I think that all the all the guys in, in, in contention for it were you know, more defensive minded players but also oh, he stood out
2: the results yesterday as I mentioned really went in our favour Dumbarton went down to a heavy 3-0 home defeat to Queen's Park and that, that... Kind of surprised me. I thought they might have sneaked something from that one, just the way that Queen's Park with their draw record. So, I mean, hopefully we're catching Dumbarton at, at a good time. We've had Lee's thoughts on it. Doug, well, how are you I, just, have you?
1: I just had a look at the form table as well. Um, so I don't know if any of you have seen that. But in terms of the last six games, we're actually sitting sixth in the form table. Um, Dumbarton and Peterhead are uh, bottom um, or joint bottom Um, in that sense. So Dumbarton have uh, had a, a win, a draw and four defeats in their last six games. So we've come into in at definitely the more form side.
2: I mean, Peter Hedge yesterday, they went down heavily as well. 5-2 away to Cove. At just other games quickly. Clyde won. Falkirk won. Falkirk still baffling as to to just what they are this season we'll get a little bit into Clyde later in the show as well I want to talk about some of the stuff that's happened there this week and then Airdrie beat Alloa 2-0 so I mean in terms of all those results great for us because we're now bottom still obviously but we're on 20 points Dumbarton's 26 Peterhead's 28, Alloa's 29 now it it's Perham 2 from 4 for the the bottom two spots just now in, including the relegation playoff Clyde have done enough to to, to be safe I, I would imagine I mean big big games coming up none so bigger Doug than the next Saturday against And it is make or break it's like there's no it, sometimes as football fans we talk things up a little bit too much but th- this is huge this, this is more than even your proverbial six pointer, it's basically our seasons on the line in this one.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the obvious thing is we need to win. I mean, if, if we if we didn't if we didn't lose, I suppose it wouldn't be over by any shout, but it's certainly uh it's certainly a need to win game for sure. Um yeah, the form's there, you know, but again the only issue is can we score the goals? Um I don't I don't fear them necessarily going forward now that we're a bit more settled at the back, but my slight worry in creating chances is like playing Murdoch at left back, there's nothing going forward there. So you don't have that sort of classic full backs getting up and, you know, overlapping, all that sort of stuff. So we kind of, everything sort of has to either sort of come through the middle, it seems a bit more than, than other teams maybe, which is maybe a bit of a problem. Um, But yeah, we're just hopefully a decent crowd, fans will get behind them, and hopefully we can sneak a win. Any win will do.
2: Yeah. The the way we've been playing defensively, Gordon, though, I mean, it's got to give us great hope for these next three games because Dumbarton at home, Clyde away, Aloha at home, I could easily see us having three clean sheets in these or not really giving up more than one goal a game then it boils down to, as Doug says, can we put the ball in the net?
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the way that we've been playing recently and that kind of, you know, making ourselves more hard to beat and not conceding a lot of goals, it's that thing where we're at least in every game now. You go into every game looking ahead at different games and thinking, we'll, we'll at least be in that. Even if we're not playing particularly well, even if we're not scoring goals, you're always going to be in wish shot of winning it if you're not conceding. Um, something I'd, like just looking at the table there, Dumbarton have overtaken us as the worst defence uh, in the league. So oh, really? That's nice. Uh, we have still scored by some way the, the least amount of goals, but Oof, yeah, yeah, I mean they're not on good form. They're leaking goals. Um, yeah, if we can keep it tight, it may, I mean, we may, we may still struggle. We are probably, you know, a little bit. One dimensional going forward But we've got the quality there And if we keep it tight We can definitely go and win it And we really do need to I think it is must win no, Not technically but realistically it's must win I
2: mean, The, the two games after Dumbarton Against Clyde and alloa They're the other two teams just above us For having the worst scoring record as well So you're facing teams that aren't Putting the ball in the back of the net We just need to try and get someone I'm a firm believer in strikers being streaky. Once they start to get a little bit of momentum behind them and get a goal here or there, Wallace, to me, is one of those guys that can be like that. If we can just get him scoring, get his confident levels up, I genuinely think we could see the best of him for the end of the season. But you've got to take that first step. And just when I keep thinking that he's taking that step, he kind of kind of regresses a little bit, Lee.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I think I said before, like Wallace has never been like an out and out striker for me. Like, definitely more of a a forward than a than a striker. Do we um, have one just now?
2: Like, if you look at that score, no. would you say we've got an out and out striker? No, that's no. concern, and
1: that's and, and that's where I think that, that Jack Healy is potentially the answer to that question because he was scoring a lot of goals at Eastern and I think they've been playing him through the middle, so. I don't know. I think that we need to try and change something next week to to get some some goals. My, my only concern is that Healy will be absolutely ragged by McGeevan and Buchanan because they're absolutely barbar- barbarians. And Jack Healy's built like the size of a fiver. Oh so. yeah,
2: like well, if you're the Dumbarton yeah. manager, you say both of you get an early heavy tackle in on the young lad and shake him up a little bit.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. But again, who knows what the team will be um, for next week? But we, we don't have that sort of out and out striker. I think that Wallace can chip in a goal, like definitely he's, he's, he's finishing quality, he's you know well renowned. He can he can definitely score a goal. Um Kev Smith the same um could fit knows where the net is. Connell knows where the net is, but I don't think any of them are out and out strikers. And it's to be honest, I'm astounded that we didn't do any business in the, the January window slash loan window for a forward because we've been crying out for one all season. Yeah. Um, so although we did address some um, positions I think that that'll be our, our big regret when Crawford's reviewing the, the season he'll be going should have got a striker in but I mean he probably tried right let's be honest But oh yeah I mean, the money wasn't there or whatever but I think that we'll regret that I,
2: I think we all know what the answer though is Doug and we shouldn't have let Bomber Brown go he's banging the guns well, in
3: well well do you know what It kind of goes back a wee bit to the Healy thing. I think we've got to be a little careful with the, you know, how well he did at East Stirling and, you know, a lot a lot of these teams in those leagues. There's a lot of good sides, but there's a lot of absolute dross. Yeah. Um, My my slight thing, a little bit with Healy is, I think we've just got to sort of temper the sort of excitement a wee bit in terms of he is quick, he's got a little bit of skill. I would say his end product so far has been. Fairly, sort of non-existent a wee bit. So I think we've got. We we can't certainly pin our hopes on on that. But yeah, well, Bomber Brown, obviously that's Quad B who'd have made would probably be pushing for playoffs. I would imagine.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's second or third, definitely. Gordon, what changes would would you make for next week? Or what would you like to see? In the in the starting lineup next week i know our hands may be tied a little bit depending on injuries and stuff but in an ideal world everyone's good to go including say Danny Swanson
4: mm. what would you like to see it's a tough one because I think you can you can point out some of the areas that you think you know certainly on display yesterday are weaknesses and doug mentioned it before with the fullbacks you know you're playing Murdoch on the left um, who I think is naturally a more defensive player and also right footed. So we've got no real kind of added attacking threat down there. You've got Mercer on the right, who for me, um, you know, for as much as he's good going forward, can be a little bit suspect at the back. Um, you know, ultimately I'd I'd like I'd like to switch Murdoch to the right, but then you don't have anyone on the left. I mean, maybe switching full backs maybe it'd be better doing it that way around. But I don't think there's too many other other changes. I think the areas where we're maybe weak, it's not it's not like there's I feel like there's someone sitting on the bench who is a kind of obvious choice, I think, to to kind of address. Is that the boy
1: Pollock next week?
4: I I mean it's just it's just one of these things. I, I know nothing about them other than Aye, some Hearts fans who probably watch some videos on YouTube think he's fucking brilliant. Um, you know, Crawford will have seen him. I've never seen him play a game. I would probably not be putting him into a game like that. Um, surely... Who you, would you put him in for? I don't know. Mm. Ryan Blair? Mm.
2: You'd have the surprise element because Dumbarton I mean... wouldn't know how to play against him or what he's going to bring.
4: Like if if you know we've potentially signed him because you know he he looks good and he scores a few goals and he you know he, he does well in these under whatever leagues so why not bring him in you know he, he's maybe an extra body and if he's good fair enough I think
1: he's played a couple of first team games for Hearts so yeah obviously a
4: season he made it he's but I think just just generally when you bring in these young guys sometimes it's like right well get someone in if he's good great if he's not. You know, no bother. But, I mean, if Crawford's looked at him and thought, no, I think he's actually a player and I think he would really help us, then fair enough. But I have just haven't seen him. I mean, maybe putting him in for, you know, maybe just throwing him into that midfield would make a bit of difference. I don't think Blair's been playing badly at all. I think think he's been playing really well. But, you know, maybe Crawford might feel that you just want to throw... A surprise or two in Against the Martin it,
3: it would almost have to be A semi-tactic change though Because he He obviously likes having Those two hold midfielders Yeah um, or, or is it just because that That's all. what we've got
2: <laughs> Yeah we, we uh, do have An abundance of them
3: Yeah no possibly um, if, You know I guess How did Dennis Swanson that's... Do
1: yesterday Jen? Sorry I'm just Really interested in that Yeah Because he must be Close now Surely Probably. Played 30 same, minutes yesterday.
3: Same for me yesterday. A couple of nice touches and nice sort of passes or whatever without really, I don't know, getting too involved. He, was st- yeah. he started off sort of wide right, I think, when he came on. And then after they got the man sent off, he then came into centre midfield to try and get a bit more involved. Uh, yeah, it's... If you were doing it, you, you would almost be sacrificing... I think you'd almost be sacrificing a Connell or Wallace to put yeah. Swanson in an attacking midfielder kind of hold. I mean, and maybe whether, you could... Because even if it is one up front, it doesn't... It Just because one up front's on paper, it doesn't. that's not necessarily what it is. Yeah. you know what I mean? So maybe just getting more attacking-minded players playing off that one. But I I, I I would be very surprised if he plays Pollock from the start. Yeah. Um, Unless you would unless in training, the right way, right, this guy's shit up, get him in. The, the other thing I was going to say, I mean, like,
1: we're playing Murdo at left back. We brought the boy Watson in from Hearts, and he's a left back, a natural left back with pace. Why are we not playing him? Is it that we've seen him and we're like, he's maybe just not that good? Um, but then, imagine. Yeah, he's not up you'd, to you'd to have to it.
4: think I mean, that, yeah. You know, like I said before, it's like, you know, we don't really have an out-and-out left-back, so maybe Crawford's just thought, ah, oh, look, here's here's some kid who's a left-back for hearts, he looks all right, bring him in, but maybe he's not up to it, and particularly in defence, you know, you can maybe gamble, it feels like sometimes it's, it's a bit safer to gamble on maybe a young attacking player like that, but. Yeah, oh, do you want to stick a kid in defence who's not really ready uh, for it yet? I, I
3: must say, for for me, I, I really want to see a good game going forward for Mercer on Saturday. Uh, we all know when he's on and he's got that sort of attacking-minded you know, mode that he gets on, he can be very, very good. We just don't see it. He looks, he's probably—I can only assume—being sort of told to, you know, stay more solid and focus on defensive aspects as opposed to going forward, but I just, yeah, it's one of those games that they they can make a huge difference getting a, a sort of performance like out of someone like him just to add that little bit more attacking threat. The, the thing is is he is so
1: good going forward, Mercer, I do think you know, it would make me think that maybe next week hopefully we could go back to that three at the back um, which I think that we've utilised a few times this season and, and done it really well. I don't think that it's more of a Crawford thing. Though. I think that was maybe more Darren Young, but play three centre-halfs and then two wing-backs um, and just try and squeeze them back and up the pitch because if if they're conceding goals as much as they are, they'll be nervous. They, they've got more to lose next week than we do, in my opinion, because ultimately it looks like you know we are down, but they'll be desperate for that not to be the case. Um, the last time that we had to win against them They played us off the park And we were absolutely garbage um, that was, I think I was back in December So I'm going to say it again We're due they a doing it Like somebody is going to get a doing from us And I, th- I genuinely think that's going to be next week
2: This is the 80th show you've said that And we've already done <laughs> 70 odd shows uh, If you keep
3: if you keep saying it Eventually it'll be right and you'll go oh, oh, I totally. you? so It's supposed to be, been been supposed to be revealed it. The last 40 shows There's the thing <laughs>
1: Well, actually, we gave Cove a bit of a doing, didn't we? So, fuck you, Doug.
4: Three three at the back, I don't mind. I think we've got the players for it. I think we've got a a lot of good options for playing centre-half. I think um, wing-back suits Mercer more, opens, frees him up a bit more. You know, Denham can play left wing-back. Denham is the player
1: in my mind because he played that in that role and was excellent and he's got the stamina to get up and down the park. Is um, good going back, um, and as long as we, we had somebody doubled up on that side with him, somebody like a Kieran Miller that could just go in and mm-hmm. almost in a kind of like midfield sweeper role that I, in a new position that I've just created myself, that um, he can literally just go in and be like, right, okay, I need to go back in because Danny's away up top. Well, so. See that
2: that's this that's you have to have really good teamwork to be playing that system. The yep. white caps are playing with that. And last week, the wing backs did not track back and they got crucified and gave up four goals because the midfield also didn't drop back. and the, the three centre backs were hung out to dry. Yesterday was a lot better and they didn't give any goals up. I worry how Crawford wants to approach next week's game because I don't know how aggressive he wants to be He's because he knows it's so cautious, big. isn't he? Yeah, he is,
1: he is very much, you know, I don't want to over egg the pudding. Sort of type of approach to, to football, which I don't mind because ultimately you have a look in, in how much more resolute he's made us since he came in.
2: I think like, I, I could see him doing all these things against, say, Clyde because there's yeah. not as much to lose.
1: And ev- every game's a cup final now, between the end of the season, um, to, to throw in that massive cliche. Um, you know, th- and th- that's just fact. Next week is literally like I'll be playing two tribes go to war pretty much every day um, on the build up to the game, but Big we've got to go fun. for it. Yeah, we've got to got to go for it, and it's got to be. I want to think about that first game when Crawford came in against Awa, and we were excellent. We were honestly brilliant that entire game, and that is probably or, or from what I've heard how we played against Falkirk last week absolutely got to go for it and it's got to be like don't enter it what what was the there was a great expression that I read about Steve Clark I don't know if any has listened to any other football podcast but um, Steve Clark did one with what's the guy's name Jake Humphries which was excellent and I really recommend that you listen to it if you like your international football but he said don't play with the fear of losing play with a anticipation of winning or the anticipation of success. And and that every player should listen to that um, podcast for next week. That's how we need to play next week. Go into it thinking, we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna go there and we're gonna to, going to beat them. And I think that there's that a bit more of that attitude now about the club. You know what I mean? I think that uh, what Crawford's done in a short time probably deserves a lot of credit because you can see the unity on the park. There's not the bickering um, there's not really that Right, we've gone a goal down now And that's us um, Yeah, that, they've fought, sort of,
2: they fought back Better yeah. than we've seen for a
1: couple of seasons Absolutely So, I, I mean, especially away from home
2: Yeah, you know, our um, our form away from home Has definitely picked up Because we kept saying What is it that we're needing to do To unlock Darren Young <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was clearly what, what it was But I, I, I still don't know how aggressive... I, I think he... I agree with you. I think we should be aggressive. I just don't know how much he is going to want to take those chances. I mean, if Swanson was good to go for, say, 45 minutes, do you start him because you've got the the chance to make a sub at half-time or do you just bring him on for, like, no pun intended, or, like a half-hour swan song at, at the end? I'd rather we get up it early. could be done by
1: then. Yeah, Yeah. It, I'd it, it rather we be, get up early. It could be done. For me, if Swanson is fit enough, you, you play him next week. You've got to play him if it's fifty minutes, sixty minutes, whatever. Play him because he is to, to coin a McCall um he's a difference maker. You know, he's, he's if he could find that that inch perfect way to pass that we need where it might somebody else just plays it that yard too far ahead. He's got that that in his locker so. He's got to start next week. Do he you has think, to start.
4: You think Swanson and Healy together might be good because, you know, if you're talking about playing Healy up top, yeah. um, you know, you're you're gonna be half you're gonna to have to be getting balls kind of in behind for him to run onto and, and, and Swanson a... the guy you need for that mm-hmm. instead of playing 100%. one or the other. Play them both. You
1: know if, that'd be quite exciting. Like see if knock. If, if Connell's carrying a bit of an I, I would say to him You want to know what this game is made for you pal This next one um, And I would maybe play Healy with Wallace. Because yeah, Wallace Have Connell off the
2: bench even for half an yeah. hour Like if Swanson can go an hour Then you bring Pollock on Who by, yeah. I would imagine is quite a similar replacement Obviously not yeah. in terms of quality But yeah. you're then bringing a young lad on For the last half hour To run at tired defenders
1: yeah, I mean, I think potentially that that could be the way to go. I would like to see us do the three at the back next week. And obviously, depending on on Dunlop, I think Dun Dunlop has to play if we're going to play three at the back. Um, so, we, I suppose we would ultimately need to see where his his fitness levels lie. But you could do. I Mind mean, you, even Dan Higgins is injured now as well, isn't he? So,
2: yeah,
1: still Murdoch that, Higgins. My- Steel, I Mour- Steel. Steel should Steel, come in but... With
2: the way that he played yesterday
1: Yeah I- Steele, Murdoch like. and Higgins at the back Denham And um, Well who would you put on the right Probably Mercer Mercer uh, And yeah. then you're three in the midfield You could probably do Swanson Miller Who who You could have Any one of the number of players in there Yeah You could know,
3: like, have um. of- sorry I was just going to say I'd, I'd be very surprised if he goes to back three I don't I, I think don't he's care. pretty settled in, I think he's pretty settled this formation he he also he almost did he not go back to a four as soon as Dunlop was fit was that not the kind yeah. of the catalyst to go in because he said that in order to play that way he's the sort of guy you know we need so um, yeah I, I think it'll be the same information I think it, I don't think there'll be much changes many changes to the team I, I, would, I would be surprised
2: Let, let's get some quick predictions who wants to kick things off let's see who. I'll lets... take it
1: oh. 3-0-5 Oof. seriously I'm super confident for next week I think that and it's probably a, a feeling that I've not felt for most of this season um, I don't know why I've just I've got this feeling in my gut could be the 10 points of lager I had yesterday but yeah uh, yes him. Um, Definitely could be, but I've I've just got this gut feeling that we're going to go and and do them. Eh? I don't know if that's the, the the Crawford effect or whatever, or just listening to him. But the players even sound like they've got a bit more belief. There's just there's sort of almost a feel good factor coming into even the the fans on social media. There's not that negativity. Um, I've, I've just got sneaky suspicion we're, we're going to do it.
2: I I think two now. So I'm I'm confident as well. Let's see Doug shaking his head. So we'll play no, we'll with no No, just, <laughs> no.
3: no I, 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 excuse me. Most predictions have been quite positive, by the way. Um, no, I'm just uh, I'm just laughing at us again. I know we're doing it again.
2: <laughs> um, I have to. I've had I, a miserable weekend of watching football and no goals. Yeah.
3: I, I, I'm gonna go. I think if we're gonna win, I think it's gonna be edgy and nervy. I'm going to go 1-0 East five, And my, my 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 head actually said 1-0, but I'll go for 1-0.
2: Oh, can we get four, Gordon?
4: Yeah, I'm going to go for a win as well. Again, <clears throat> same with Doug. I don't think it's going to be a doing. I don't think it's going to be comfortable. Um, So one Um, You know, I think we've... We can go and keep a clean sheet. I don't think we're gonna go mental with the goals, but I think we
1: can do it. I think we can get the win. Pin this now, right? I want you to remember this. We will score in the opening ten minutes next week. Okay, I will write this down to yeah.
2: put this in the show next week when we end up on a three 0 hammering.
3: Yeah. Would it would it would it not just be nice to get like some Another crappy own goal like like the Queen's Park game or something.
2: I take an 89th minute own goal right now to win the game one 0
3: Because I I think the the goal scoring is a huge issue. It's, it's it's probably now more than anything is going to be you know whether we have any chance or not of staying up is the is the goal scoring.
2: I know I talk about momentum a lot on the show, but. What a win next week would do for both teams' mentality is like absolutely huge. Because Dumbarton would be looking over their shoulder, thinking, "Shit, we're not in form." As Lee mentioned, these guys have just got one defeat in seven, and they've all of a sudden they've closed this gap from from nowhere, and they're breathing down our necks. They'll be shitting it.
1: Yeah, I, especially I, if they I, look
2: like, at who we've got to come up after that.
1: I'm telling you, like, there's there's just something. I'm a bit like the, the, the wind's changing That's how it feels I'm just like there's, there's something
2: That's your IBS in the, well.
1: yeah Probably yeah um, I think Dumbarton have got a lot more to lose next week I really do yeah. because I think that they'll go in thinking We cannot lose here, we cannot lose And we'll be going into it thinking We've got to win like, Yeah,
2: if I, they sit back was, and let us attack them That yeah. could be a, a thing as well
1: I, f- I think that our game plan should be get an early goal, blow them away first 10 10-15 minutes, whatever it is, get that goal because their confidence will sink, and then we just need to try and put them to the sword. Um, which I know but, that I've I've said a many times we're not good at doing, but I th- I think that when you're playing, it's like boxing, right? You know that we're coming into the final rounds of the game now, and you get always get something that's going to have a second win or some fighter that's going to have a second win. Our second win, is starting... Fuck him, um, and
3: we're gonna we're gonna do. It. I, I just I, I agree with the sentiment, Lee. I just don't think Crawford that's his way anymore. Like when he was when he was manager with us first time around, every game was like four three because he didn't. It was almost like he didn't really know how to set up a team to defend. I think he's he's sort of the flip side of that now, and it's oh. it's all about you know keeping solid. And I, I just can't see us being that aggressive. I hope yeah. so. I wish we could. But, but um, again, you know,
1: I, I don't actually entirely disagree with that. And from what we've seen with, with Crawford, you're you're absolutely right. But if we go into it with an attitude we're gonna to have to really go super high pressure, push them up the park. I think Crawford's got that in his locker in terms of being able to coach the team to play however he wants, and the players will listen to him. And if I ho- I'm just hoping. I'd love to be a flying in the and training. I mean, actually, just drive through to the audience and, and watch us first <laughs> on Tuesday and Thursday. But like, I hope that that's the mentality we're going in. It's not just a like, just don't concede. My my only fears for next week are set pieces. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't Barton's like
2: put us to the sword a bit from set pieces.
1: I, I don't
4: think we're going to go in with This attitude of like, oh, just don't concede, just don't lose. Like, we won't because I think it's like you just can't. Like, uh, you know, a game away to Montrose or playing Queen's Park is really different to a big relegation six pointer at home to a team that's on dire form. Like, everyone knows we need to go and win it, everyone knows that that means that we need to be a bit more on the front foot than we have been in a few of the games. I, I don't think we're going to go, you know. Anywhere close to being gung ho, I think it's still going to be a bit tempered. But um, I think Crawford will know that we have to we have to be more aggressive. I don't think it's not, it's not going to be
3: mental stuff, but it'll, it will I know think, that. I think there's definitely a feeling among the team of you know we we can now do this, we can pull this sort of miracle, you know, off, and it will. There's, a, there's just that little bit extra fight in them that, that maybe wasn't there. I mean, for all intents and purposes, six, seven weeks ago, we were relegated. Everyone, you know, ev- everyone said it. The only people that probably wouldn't have would have been Crawford and the team. Everyone else was like, you know, we're we're in big, big trouble. I just, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the nil-nil situation. Was, you know, there has been a few now, um, which is the worry, but we will see come Saturday.
2: We certainly will. That that bit went on longer than I, I thought it was going to. I was like, "Oh, we're going to have a really short show this week. And then we've just filled about 25 minutes looking ahead to what is a, a massive game. So we'll just chat a, a little bit more East Fife stuff. And then I want to look at some other things around Scottish football and also world football as well. So we, we lost a stalwart of East Fife in the last few seasons, Lee, moving... To be with his former manager, Darren Young, Dunsey, he's gone.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There, there's kind of like mixed feelings for me because I I don't think he's particularly played that well over the last sort of year or two years. But equally, he's he's one of those ones where I think everybody just kind of liked him. Um, obviously, the goals against the Rovers, um, you know, wrote himself into folklore for for years to come us getting that, that sort of monkey off our back and I kind of got I did really get the impression he loved the club and I think that's quite difficult um, at that sort of at our level that there, there was definitely the, the feeling that he did like being here but I mean he didn't really get much uh, look in under Crawford and I think probably was the right time to go I mean he's only gone on loan but his contract's yeah. up at the end of the season the likelihood of us Signing them for another one I think is probably quite slim I think he would just go to Still an with Darren But Yeah a little, a little tinge of sadness And I hope that we get the chance To, to give him a, a proper farewell um, Bayview before he moves on
2: Yeah i would be nice I mean A lot of good memories Of Dunsey's time uh, At Bayview Dog And he was very complimentary About the club as well When he left He's enjoyed his time here And as Lee said That goal against the Rovers It's, it's in He's five folklore now He's, he's written in that forever
3: no, absolutely. Um I think I think it's definitely the right time for him more than anything. I think he's like Lee said, it's been it's been a good couple of years where he's been pretty poor. And to be totally honest, his discipline made him a liability. You know, he, I think I'm guessing Crawford just couldn't really trust him to keep the head as such, you know. I think it's yeah, I think it's the right time for him. And you know I don't, I don't know how long darren young will be at sterling actually he's he's. i know Finley when, when, when he said he'll be with he, two teams
2: yeah he'll be with Darren next season i was like oh you're optimistic he's going to be at sterling next year
3: <laughs> yeah i uh, know uh, uh, as you say the the Rovers goal will you know forever sort of have him in the in the legendary hero status so um yeah I'm glad it's alone because if it was one of these situations where he does go down there and plays very, very well and sort of rejuvenates or whatever himself. Then he, you know, he may well be an option for for next year potentially. But yeah, I think it's the right time.
2: Gordon, what, what's your memories of him? And like touching on what Doug said there, if we were to go down, is he maybe the kind of guy that is a a League Two player that would be good to come back to us? He might not be away f- for good.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think. It's the thing with Dunsmore. I mean, he's been here for a good few years now, and the rover—it's always going to be the rover's goal in terms of, you know, a sort of memory. And he's written—he's written himself into that wee bit of history there. I mean, when he first came to us, um, I think everyone thought he was a really good playing. And I thought, particularly when we started moving him a little bit forward, he was one of these players that I always thought he's going to go up a level. You know, he's a full-time team will come in and. Take a chance on him or something like that i mean at that stage i wouldn't have thought that you know he'll end up going down to league two mm-hmm. away on loan or or, or will just not not renew his contract but i think he has you know we, we talked about a few players it's just it seems to just be sort of stagnating it's just not working anymore and i think he's the kind of the archetype of that it's like it's just for whatever reason uh, you know it's just not working for him year anymore and I think there's a good player in there but you know hopefully for his sake he kind of he turns that around a bit but I just I don't think it's going to be with us. Um so I think yeah
1: You've got I to, think to think that that move on. the Rovers were looking at Dunsey I know that Montrose sorry Morton were looking at him as well right. when he was in that sort of rich vein of form last you know he was probably were thinking he was going to go back full time mm. but like you say yep. the last couple of years um, for whatever reason, just it hasn't worked for him. I know that he has a lot of back problems, Um so it could potentially be that he's sort of playing through the pain barrier or whatever. But yeah, I mean, all the best to him. Seriously, I, I, he's, yeah. he's one of those few players that, that does like kind of like say that little tinge of sadness. I think the, the time is right for him to go, but still, it's kind of like he's one of our own sort of cliche again. Um, you know, I really do wish him the best.
2: Me as well. And he does have legendary status at Bayview. Someone else, of course, that has legendary status at Bayview is Steve Archibald. And by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be 10 days until Archie makes his return to Bayview. Lee, how excited are you? Still some tickets available as well, I believe. I'm quite surprised by that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think the the date changed because, I mean, we sold out the the first date in two and a half days or something like that. Um, so I think there's about five tickets left. There's, there's not an awful lot. Um, get yourself involved. Get along. It's going to be a really, really good night. Um, I've been speaking to to Headline Events who are helping me um, bring Steve over, and I believe they've managed to get some pretty sexy um, Steve Archibald-type merch for the, the auction. So I think by all counts, a good night. Um, just the same in, in terms of a similar vein for the last time is my plan for that evening is to, is to ask the questions that you guys want to know. Talk, you know ask the questions about his time at, at East Fife and, and how it, it came about, etc. So I'm not planning to prepare any questions for me personally. I want it to all be what you guys want to hear. So please get them emailed in to me, go at gmail.com. Please email me them, please.
2: And remember, you don't need to ask him about Top of the Pops. We covered that on our Christmas special, so you can check that out if you yeah. didn't listen to that. <laughs> so I mean It's going to be A fantastic little spell for If you're an East 5 fan You've got this Dumbarton game You've got Steve Archibald Coming back to Bayview Then a few days after that One of East Five's last ever trips to Broadwood To play Clyde Because they're <laughs> they're getting kicked out Are they still getting kicked out? I mean, it's hard to keep up with everything that's happening North Lanarkshire Council If anyone missed this uh, Have terminated Clyde's lease to the stadium from 2023 over the David Goodwillie thing, which I only learned when I was reading about this yesterday, the reason they didn't act before is the council didn't fully own the stadium when David Goodwillie signed for Clyde the first time round and then when they took him back on loan, which they've now terminated that loan the council were like, yeah, he's not allowed to step foot in the stadium it's kind of reached farcical levels all of this it's like We've got our game show, Good Willy, Bad Willy, and it's like a shame show because you just don't know what's what's about to happen next with this saga. It's just going on and on and on.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't even know what's where we're actually at. Like, obviously, North well, they've terminated
2: Camp, so... his loan. He's gone back to the Rovers, yeah. but I don't know where that leaves Clyde now with the council.
4: So, so I assumed that that would kind of patch things up. Where. With the council, but it's just ridiculous. Like, um, I don't I mean, I don't buy that stuff about the separate company and all the rest of it. I think it's just, it's come back up into the news. And then they've, when Clyde took him back, they've just kind of stepped in and told them not so quickly. But, you know, you look at it, like, you look what happened to the, the Rovers, and it's like Clyde have just walked into the same trap. Yeah. You know, it's also like when you're a kid, and you know your mum's like, oh, if, if he jumped off a bridge, would you do it? And Clyde had just
3: gone, yes. <laughs> Idiotic. It's oh. pretty. It's pretty farcical, for me. I mean, thankfully that should put pretty much an end to the saga. He won't be playing in Scotland again. He'll probably end up in like Russia or something like that. Um, there's a little bit. I mean, I mean, like the Clyde Ladies team folded You know, refused. Yeah. It's like, well, were you not playing five weeks ago? Uh, do you know what I mean? It's 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 a bit weird uh, in that respect, but yeah, because we were we were actually talking about on Saturday that if if the people who own a stadium can just ban someone from the ground, just basically every time there's a good player, you go East Fife just go. Actually, you're now banned from playing at, at, at <laughs> make, maybe, it, McEver and so. B-Cannon
4: Banned. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I, look I, for me, it's I, it's got a little bit farcical, but and and. Unbelievable own goal again from Clyde. I mean, it's just brainless nonsense to do that, but who knows?
2: And if you want to talk about farcical moments, a wonderful moment on Sky Sports News this week where they were reporting on the, the whole David Goodwillie saga and then had to make an apology to Mr. Goodwillie for accidentally saying that he had been found to be a racist in a civil court. Then they had to make an apology to say... We're sorry, he was not found to be a racist, he was found to be a rapist. One of the bizarrest apologies I think you'll hear. I, I shared it on Twitter here and folk were like, wow, that's it's quite, quite something.
3: We, we, we were talking about that on Saturday as well, about that conversation that must have gone on at Sky going, oh, this is going to be really... Hold on, We need to. we need to make an apology oh, this is going to be really embarrassing. But let, let's go. The poor guy having to deliver that apology must have been thinking, oh, here we go. It's, it's just like
4: such a weird way to like to phrase it. You, you uh-huh. could come on and say, oh, we made a mistake. We we did this, we did that. But to, to, to choose to phrase it in the way that, oh, were you, David Goodwillie, an apology here, just makes it so awkward. But brilliant. Yeah.
2: It's... I mean, it's, it's clearly not a laughing matter in general, but, I mean, hopefully the saga is coming to a, a close now. It's probably going to end up in English non-league, I think, uh, at this rate. Some of the comments on, Lee, on on Twitter, in reply to various things from the Clyde fans, if they are indeed Clyde fans, because obviously there's a lot of trolls on Twitter, you just have to shake your head. I know we got a little bit of a a taste of some of the Clyde fans at the, the last game at Bayview chanting for him and stuff, but it's mind-blowing what some folk, if they genuinely believe what they've been posting on Twitter, just that they have those views in support of him.
1: I actually muted Goodwillie on Twitter. I'm just That's sick of probably a of good plus. idea, to be honest. Um, just a sick, sick to, to death reading about it and talking about it. And um, just a, a, a bit like... It's time for everybody, for the whole thing, to to move on. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, this is know, the last time we have, have to talk of about him in the show. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, yeah, it's become a circus, isn't it? Yeah. Um, an absolute circus, and the sooner the everybody just moves on from it as a whole, I think probably the better, and, and more importantly for for the women herself, because not only did she have to relive it all when he went through the with the Rovers signing, but now, you know, she's had to go through it all again with, with the Clyde one. And, you know, the, the Clyde's decision to do it all, and, and I said that, I think, actually, as soon as the whole thing kicked off, I was like, you will go back to Clyde. Um, yeah. And I, I, they're like, oh, happened.
2: we've got our player back. We've made some money. Whoa, hey, ka-ching. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we don't have a stadium to play in anymore. Yeah, just
1: mental. Actually mental
2: last little bit of scottish football news just to talk about the championship is looking so exciting oh i mean even Park thistle if they can win their two games in hand which is still a big effort at this stage but one point at the moment separating Arbroath and Kelly you keep feeling or i keep feeling our going to falter and Kelly's just going to use that full time and the budget that they've got and the players that they've got to to overtake them and even if our both end up do finish in second, it's still fantastic for them. But the fact that they're still doing it and they're still getting those results and they're grinding out the victories, I can't wait to watch how this plays out.
3: I, heard, the only thing I've found the championship of late, it's a lot of very low scoring games. Mm. Loads of like nil nils, one you know one nil wins. It's, it's obviously a little bit edgy. I think the I think the Lafferty signing is probably a big one for Kumaric in terms of. You know, someone that will definitely score goals and and has started doing so. Um, I suppose the only thing is, it's just this five football issue we've got at the moment. Of everyone seems to be rubbish now, apart from Kelty, which is makes it interesting. But no, everyone hopes our both can do it, apart from Kilmarnock fans and Partick or you know whoever else is up there. Can they? Who knows? Longer it goes on, I guess the more chance they've got. Mm. Time for
4: tonight. night. If I had to bet on it, I'd still put money on Kumarnak. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one point. I think when they play each other, it is at Rugby Park. Yeah, I think they played at Gayfield not that long ago. So I feel like I'd still have to, still have to make Kumarnak the favourites. But I would love to see our both do it. I I was watching view from a terrace, and they were one of the
2: things they were debating is, are our both going to get humped week in week out if they go up to the Premier? I mean, there's a chance they might, but there's some pretty shitty teams in the Premier. I could see them maybe not avoiding relegation, but I think against some of those teams, I think they could hold their own if they make some strong additions. I think, uh, that, would, do, would do they you know have to I go actually, full-time though?
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the chairman's come in and said that it's getting harder and harder to sort of avoid not going full-time. But then you're probably going to have a lot of uh, Issues with the team that they've got mm. saying, Well, you know, I've got a really good job, I don't want to go full time. So, they've, they've kind of got maybe go hybrid, probably yeah. the, the
3: best thing to, to do in that
1: sense. But I mean, yeah, just like everybody else is saying, you just want to to do it, don't you? Um, I, you really I, don't,
3: do. I don't think they would get necessarily hammered everywhere. I mean, they would almost certainly go down, you would think. Um, even a good mate of mine who was at the game with us on Saturday, who's a uh, season ticket holder at Tanadice he was saying that there's so many games you watch you know where are Ross counties and St Mirrens and teams like that that he's, he, you know even him watching that game yesterday he's like there's not that massive difference between sort of crappish Premier teams and your your mid-table Championship teams and all that so no, I when, think they would
4: yeah. when's the last time somebody won the Championship and just got you know like gubbed week after week mm-hmm. after week they're only saying that because it's a broth. But if our broth win the championship, then you know they finished ahead the of Kilmarnock, They finished ahead the of Inverness, Partick, the Deferment, all these teams. You know the, the, the it's always um, you know the example is always Breakin City. Now I think they did point out on... somebody pointed out on view for the terrace, like the Breakin one was different because they just snuck into that playoff. They were a bang average League One team. Who just snuck into the playoff, squeezed their way through those playoff rounds, and they were—you know—they weren't a team that had won League One. They weren't. A well, yeah, team that had won yeah, because once the you get into the playoffs, yeah. it's a lottery.
2: You just have to be yeah, good for a couple of yeah.
4: games. I mean, if, if our both, you know, if they'd if they'd sneaked fourth place with a really low points total in a poor league and somehow got in, you know, won that playoff. You might be looking at it, going, "Oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be some pretty hard to watch scores coming in." But you know, if they win the league, then you know they've won the league, They're the best team in the championship. I, 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 would expect them to go down, but I don't think you know if they can keep the majority of the squad and add a add a few. I don't think they'll be in the territory getting done in every week.
2: It's the bad thing about like I, I love the playoffs. I didn't at first, but I I like the excitement that it brings now. And I've probably got to appreciate playoffs a bit more with being over here, because obviously playoffs is is such a big thing. But the bad thing with playoffs is, like, from an MLS point of view, you just have to get in. Like, the top seven in each conference gets in. So if you're seventh and you sneak in, that's all you need to do. And then it's how you do, and it's a straight knockout. Last year was a great example. One of the teams, which, well... One of Doug's obviously favourite names, Real Salt Lake. They sneaked into the playoffs in the, the seventh spot, and then in their first playoff game, they had no shots on target. Actually, they had no shots at all during 120 minutes, and the game finished nil nil, and they won the penalty shootout.
3: That's I why. Went into American, the next that's round. That's why American soccer is pish. Uh <laughs> Play, playoffs, I, I love the playoffs in Scotland because it's not the team that wins that has to do it. That's why I don't let, you know, for me to do a 36-game season and the team that wins a league doesn't necessarily win doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I love the playoffs in Scotland, the way it's done, but you've got to have a winner for the whole season. Right? I just don't... I, for me, anyway, I don't I don't get it as yeah.
2: much. I, I, like, I don't understand how you can go through it's a 34 game season here you can be top of the pile and accounts for fuck all in the grand scheme of things but anyway talk, talking of over here though one of the performances of the week by a scottish player from another team that i'm sure dug all of the name off new york red bulls there's a lot of red bulls in, in europe now so it's kind of similar it's all under the same umbrella hate them all but lewis morgan Celtic player is with them now Scored a first half hat-trick yesterday, his first career hat-trick. He was looking pretty good. Maybe trying to force his way into Steve Clark's plans. Maybe Stevie Clarke will be looking at all these Scottish guys over here and Doug's vehemently shaking his head.
3: I'll let, I'll let you carry on because I was I was ready to pounce. <laughs> <laughs> no, pounce, pounce. Uh, he, he did all right with Sunderland in League One in England. He goes to America and he's a superstar because the league's not very good. That's They they were playing a shit team. Yeah. Uh, But hopefully it does well. My thing with someone like Morgan would be go to the States for two or three years, try and get whether it's confidence or whatnot, and then come back and see if you can do it at a better
2: level. He he, he looked superb yesterday, but obviously it's it's one game and they were playing a shit team. But talking of Scotland, Scotland's game with Ukraine, I had a I checked for the latest Just before we started recording this So no official decision has been made But by all accounts It looks like that game is now getting Put back until June Which means We are going to be in the World Cup draw On April 1st
4: Yeah No, I mean I hadn't thought of that before Right decision If I mean, yeah. if Ukraine are asking for it to be postponed Yeah, I think you have to be A little bit accommodating to that um, I blame the draw Yeah
2: what it means now is we can see what group we'd be drawn in. And if it's a mm. really tough group of death that we wouldn't probably get out of, we could maybe say, tell you what, we'll be magnanimous here. We'll let Ukraine <laughs> advance if we get a bye to the 2026 World Cup.
3: Can, can I also add that Bill Leckie in the, the I think it was the Sun or whatever, whoever he writes for, he, he suggested that Scotland, Wales and Austria should basically agree just to let Ukraine into the World Cup as a kind of showing of what a love, absolute yeah, right no top of cringy stuff.
4: Ugh. I mean, should 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 everyone just let them win the World Cup? Oh, brilliant. Oh yeah, what a gesture yeah, that would be. Yeah,
2: um, it's genuinely hard though to see this game even getting played in June. That's the thing. Impossible, because yeah. this this is not getting better anytime soon. The Ukrainian league's been suspended. A lot of their squad playing that league. It looks like they're going to be allowed to go and play some games. They're going to get special dispensation to to join other teams for a couple of months to try and get their their fitness levels up. Maybe Stevie Crawford should get on the phone. We can get all these Ukrainian <laughs> guys in a Bayview for the running. But it's hard to see that this taking place in June. And at, at some point, you've got to make what might no, be a tough decision.
1: Totally understand and sympathise with everything that's going on in Ukraine by me. And I can't actually take my eyes off social media particularly tiktok where a lot of them are the ukrainians are, are live streaming it yeah, i sure. think that what the klitschko's and USEC and um all these guys are doing and, and by the way like their president is one of the most amazing people ever to grace this planet but i mean really if i, I don't know how long he could delay that decision yeah um, I, I, I think to do it till june is probably pushing it a bit
2: I
3: think it's if, fair, if can, but I don't think it can, can be another it's... one
1: after it. No, no. If
3: you can't but, play June, that's it. Yeah. Most of the squad play for Dynamo Kiev. I think Um yeah. and a, a lot of them are like signing up to fight and everything. So yeah. I,
2: I think I think, I think although they have quite a few well. players
3: playing abroad. I think most of them
2: See,
1: play for Dynamo Kiev. I think that it 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 makes it really really difficult for for Scotland Wales. Um, who's it? Wales are playing Austria. Austria. Um it, oh, it yeah, the whole the whole
2: world's going to be against whoever ends up playing
1: Ukraine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I'd be quite happy to see it get postponed to June because I don't get tickets. I tried on all <laughs> one <in. laughs>
2: It's. I mean, it's just such a a horrible situation. But we, we won't delve into all that. Like here yesterday, they had a. I think before the Whitecaps game, they wanted folk to wear blue and yellow. They handed out Ukrainian flags. They had, because apparently there's over 100,000 Ukrainians in Vancouver. It's one of the largest populations in North America. So they had a Ukrainian choir sing the national anthem. I videoed it and tweeted it out. And then someone retweeted it going, they're playing the Ukrainian national anthem in Vancouver for some reason. It's like, for some reason? Have you not kind of been following what's going on? But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I think Ukraine want to play it as a unity thing just to show the fight for the country. I, I don't see this improving by June. I really hope I'm wrong, but...
1: Me too. It, this uh, is, it it that, it's it's going terrifying, isn't like, it?
2: Like right now, you have to start thinking, if this escalates, is it even going to be a World Cup? Because there's a lot more pressing matters and travelling around the world to play football. Had Russia qualified? They were in the playoffs as well, but they've all they've been kicked out, so they're not allowed to play. But they're taking it to the arbitration for sports to say that they should be allowed to play their games. Oh, good luck with that! Because who was it? It was Sweden, Czech Republic, and Poland. Poland all refused yeah. to say. They said, "We will not play. We we refuse to play these games against Russia." So initially, UEFA or no, initially FIFA had said. Then they can compete And independent. independent And stuff like that And they said We're still not playing And right. then it's like Okay then They're they're kicked out altogether So Poland get a bye So yeah We'll see how Things play out In terms of Scotland and Ukraine That is pretty much it For, for this week's show Just go around, y'all Any final thoughts Anything funny That you've seen this week to, to lift the mood a little bit Or where can folk Find you online Let's start with Lee He's got his hand up Bright and early
1: I've seen a tweet And I want to get get your guys Take on it And it was somebody saying about The club should lower The cost of tickets For next week To try and pack out Bayview Mm. For our grudge match Against Dumbarton I don't think it would Make a difference
2: Personally I don't think it would either I meant to actually mention that When we are talking about it
3: I I know the club Sent a A thing to the Sort of parents of the community Club Yeah I think all the coaches And the
2: kids can come yeah. Yeah
1: Next week, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! No, that's great.
3: That's good. Yeah, yeah, great. it'll well, be good also, to get a big crowd. And really
4: I think, like you know, a relegation six-pointer is very different from a, you know, for going to, going for the league. It's like then people get, you know, there's a bit of awareness, a bit of excitement about it. But yeah, I don't think dropping the price is necessarily. But
1: not this game isn't the one for the casual fan, is it? This is the no, one your, your no. diehards are, are going to come out and force for. You know, regardless of what, and then all that happens is the, the ticket, the the ticket money that we would have got from the diehards is then diluted, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the right thing for that. But I would be quite keen to see the club try and do something like, you know, a massive social media campaign this week, whatever. Yeah. You know, get round the pubs,
2: get round the shops, get the, the posters that used to go up in the windows. Do they still even do that?
3: No, I don't uh, I think, uh, we actually talked about on the train on the way back about the whole lowering prices. Uh, it just You just lose money. It's as simple yeah. as that. Uh, I mean, if you drop the prices from, what was it, 15 just now? 15 yeah. to 10, or, you know, yeah. you're, you're not going to get an extra 100. I think I it's
1: mean, different. Actually, if, you're, if you're like a Hibs, for example, they're doing the football for a fiver thing or whatever, they might sell an extra 5,000 seats at that. Yeah. Right? So, and it's, it's maybe tickets that they wouldn't have got beforehand. So he, we're, we're here's making... a
3: question, which we also uh, discussed. Mm-hmm. If you made the game free for everyone to go, how much more of a crowd do you reckon you would get? Genuinely,
2: I don't know that you'd you'd still get a lot. Yeah, because you still have to market it. Folks still need to know that the game is on, and yeah. you maybe get a hundred, hundred and fifty.
4: I mean, that that's the thing. Like, kind of saying as well, like. For some people, I, you know, I don't think there is a huge amount of people out there who would like, oh, I'd, I'd be at Bayview every week, apart, but it's the money. Now, yeah, there, there may be some folk who, you know, it's harder to afford to go to the football, but I think the main reason is folks just don't want to go. You know, they, they've they been before and they're not they're not coming back or whatever it is. I don't, I don't think there's hundreds and hundreds of people out there who are going like, oh, yeah, if you dropped drop the price
3: I'd, I'd be along there all the time we, we, we've said it before though we're not we're not a well-supported club no simple as that
2: even in good times it's like it's been a struggle
3: yeah yeah
2: i, I they could like one thing they could look to do lee and obviously i'm looking at this from a selfish point of view because it would help me but they could drop the stream price to maybe say a tenner and just for m- you maybe that mean <clears throat> no, just just for me Maybe that means Dumbarton fans wouldn't travel through buy the stream at a tenner, but then you wouldn't have Dumbarton fans cheering their team on at the game either, which is a, a help to East Fife.
1: I don't know. I, th- I think that hopefully the, the powers that be are, are going to do something to to really ramp up the excitement for this week, get the fans excited, you know, with, even if it's like an interview with a player each night of the week, you know, like about what the game means, what, you know, that sort of thing Like I would eat that up And I'm sure the majority Of the other fans And stuff Would would really get on board With that I think that we need Bayview next week To be rocking um, So obviously Get Got special...
2: Got Need as half time entertainment Yep
1: <laughs> Or play it before the game You know
2: Or PG Charletta Get Phil To, to say that he's doing A ten minute set At halftime Get some of his fans along
1: Yeah Anything like that Would be if Phil's got a show that he's got on PJ Molice and family, which I'm sure would maybe help him sell some extra tickets, so you never know he might get involved, right? Yeah, he could do uh, something he, before, he, he could do something at halftime. He's
3: making money, he's making money now from music. He's not interested in free things.
2: <laughs> it, oh things now we, we know free. what got got need's gonna be like. <laughs>
3: oh <Exactly. complete>
2: selling. <laughs> uh any final thoughts from
3: you, Doug? Uh I don't know, not really. I'm just—I'll be honest. I'm really looking forward to going to bed. This hangover today has kicked my arse. Well, yeah, this show went on way
2: longer than I thought it was going to an hour ago. I'm not quite sure where the last hour's gone. Um, Gordon, any final thoughts from you?
4: No, not really. How
1: oh, this was then. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol is bad. That's my final thoughts. Okay, I'm going to leave you
2: with a nice story, like a genuinely nice story that happened over here in MLS. There's a player called Sasha Kleschen so 10 years no 2010 so 12 years ago now um i can't remember what club he was at his team were visiting the sick kids hospitals because a lot of the the clubs do that over here they're really good with with their community work so he visited this young guy in the hospital chris Hegart. uh he was in with cancer or leukemia he shaved head his collection gave him his jersey and spent time with the family and they visited so fast forward to to yesterday He's playing for LA Galaxy. They were in Charlotte for Charlotte's home opener uh, in MLS, and he's in the hotel on the night before. And the family of this kid were like, "Oh, I don't know if you remember us, but you came to see our kid uh, in 2010 when he was sick in hospital. That kid is now a midfielder for Charlotte. So the two Brilliant. of them exchanged jerseys. So they've got their, they've done another jersey swap. It was an absolutely beautiful story. Nah, yeah, I love stuff
4: like I, that.
3: So, Not ending on
2: a high. Let's hope we will be talking about a high in next week's show. Let's hope East Five season is still back on. We will be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe. And as always, Mona Five! Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish
1: League Cup to the side that lasted the course banner. All conquering East Five.
0: As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait. There's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days home might return once more.